All right. So good afternoon, good morning, good evening, wherever you are listening from. Thank you again for tuning in to another episode of Think on These Things, where we endeavor to engage our thinking, covering a number of topics ranging from uh, religion to education to business and politics. I am so happy to have you join us again, and I'm excited to have with us today a few of my friends, uh, more uh, like family. And so, again, I'm just going to put this warning out there. You may hear me come out of my podcast voice into me being my teacher slash comedian slash anything else that I desire to be. So you may uh, hear a change in my vernacular and that's okay. But again, I'm so excited to have my friends here with me uh, and my colleagues to uh, just share about um, the 2020-2021 school year. Many of you know um, that it was quite a year. It was very different, something that we never uh, experienced in education before. And now here we are at the end of a school year and there is much to reflect upon. And so again, that's going to be our subject today. Uh, where do we go from here? Where do we go from here? So again, I'm happy to have with us uh, my good friends and I'm going to allow them to introduce their, themselves uh, beginning with Go ahead, Ms. Parker. Good afternoon, good morning, good evening. My name is Lauren Parker, and this is my second year teaching, and I'm so glad it's over. I don't know about y'all, but I'm extremely glad that it's over. So what do you teach, Ms. Parker? I teach seventh grade life science. Life science. Mm -hmm. Okay. All right. And tell us where you graduated from. I'm, I'm sure... Um, you are ashamed of that. Clear your throat. Do all that, you know. <laughs> I am astounded to share with you that I am a product of the Fort Valley State University. <laughs> the Fort Valley State University. Well, and I've had the pleasure of working with Lauren for about two years now. This was our second year together. And uh, we have grown immensely close. And I tell you, there's never a dull moment. So uh, moving on to my next favorite two people. Did I say that correctly? My two favorite next people. I don't know. Uh, come on, Mr. and Mrs. Samuels. Come on and share with us. Introduce yourselves. Tell us a little about you. Hey, y'all. So I am Twanzetta Samuel. And I am Christopher Samuel. Go yeah. by Chris. And we are actually a married couple in education, newly both of us being in education. Um, I teach seventh grade language arts. So I'm actually coming down from the high school. So uh, for my high school teachers that are listening, I originally taught um, 10th, 11th and 12th grade. My favorite grade was 12th grade English. And um, my son inspired me um, to help him adjust to middle school life. So I dropped down to um, seventh grade English language arts this year to um, be a mother who happens to be a teacher. All right. And I, like I said, I'm Chris Samuel and I teach seventh grade math. Um, and so this is actually, uh, I completed my first half of a year uh, because I got hired into the position um, in January. So I've only taught for half of a year. Um, however, before that, I re just recently retired from the military after a little over 20 years. Whoop, whoop, whoop. 
recovery. Okay. Go ahead. I'm sorry. But uh, but I have um, instructional instruction background um, as an instructor in the military. Wow. I tell you, uh, Mr. Samuel has a um, a a very interesting history in serving our country, and we thank you for your service. Uh, Mr. Samuel and Mrs. Samuel and Miss Parker. Uh, again, these are some of my favorite people. We just so happen to teach at one of the best middle schools in Liberty County um, here in the year 2021. And uh, again, we are excited to engage in this topic, understanding again that this was an unconventional year. I don't know about you all, um, but for me, um, this year taught me a lot. Um, I learned a lot about myself. I learned a lot about students. Like, I, I yeah. I mean, would you agree? Would you disagree? Like, I, that's just my take. I, I learned quite a bit. Yeah, I, I learned a lot, Mr. Peterson, about grace. Mm-hmm. So this was a year um, where grace was given mm-hmm. and grace had to be extended. Mm-hmm. Right? So, um, you know, like like we said, you know, we have a, have a child who... Uh, fortunately enough, was in the seventh grade and happened to be on what I think was the best team at uh, Snelson Golden Middle School. And you that was uh, you better know it. <laughs> and so, uh, you know, you as a social study teacher, Miss Samuel, my wife as his ELA teacher and Miss Parker as a science teacher, you know, um, that was beneficial. And so I know I know that grace was given to him. Mm-hmm. Um, but also, I think we. Um, collectively as a, a staff extended a lot of grace to our kids across the uh, across the school. I think that um, I learned what God feels. I think I learned what God feels like when um, he done extended us too much grace and he got tired of us um, because a lot of times our kids just, um, they did exactly what we do as adults. They took that grace and they ran with it. They knew they had an opportunity to turn it in the last minute, uh, to have somebody email so-and-so or do this or do that. And they ran with it. And so, um, although yes, this was a year of grace, it's also very eye-opening, um, the behaviors that we cultivate, um, as people, um, under pressure. So, so yes to grace, semicolon, however, comma. Um, what are we going to do now? She get me with that. Semicolon, comma, you know, I period. <laughs> <laughs> Come on, Lauren, go ahead and share your take. Share your perspective. What I learned the most this year is the importance of reflection. Um, I think it was very important to self-reflect and reflect on the acts of my students, whether it be uh, emotionally, physically, spiritually, intellectually, it's very important to take that time and reflect and adjust, especially in a year like this. It was very important to take that 30 minutes a day and sit down. What did I do right? What did I do wrong? How do I feel Mm -hmm. physically, mentally, spiritually? intellectual how do I feel and how do I think they feel and also give them um time to assess how they feel and let let them let you know I think um reflection was a big part of my year this year 
Yeah. And I think, I think honestly, you know, that's one thing I loved about working on our team. I think that we did that very well um, as a team, you know, at the beginning of the year, um, we were all trying to understand, you know, what is virtual learning? How are we going to do this? You know, do we do we do Google Meet or do we do Zoom? You know, it's like, well, we don't want to do Google Meet, but we want to do Zoom and Zoom's, you know, blocked. And it was just a number of different things. So I think that's something that we did very well as a team, you know, just saying, OK, this is what worked. This is what didn't work. And so, um, I, I mean, we just kind of went with the flow, you know, um, I remember when our schedule just wasn't conducive to what our students needed or what we needed because we were at home. Um, you know, Miss Samuel has children. I have a child. Um, Lauren has other obligations as well, you know. Um, and so it's just a lot to balance um, trying to be a virtual teacher, an untrained virtual teacher, you know, because we all just kind of went into this. Honestly, I never really used Canvas as much as I've used it this year prior to the pandemic. I think we're saying pre-pandemic now, pre-COVID. But I mean, I used it, but I didn't use it that much. I don't know about you all, but I feel like I was just kind of thrown into um, virtual learning in March. Was that when we went out initially? March. March of 2020, yeah. So just share your thoughts around that. Like, how did you feel going into the pandemic? into virtual learning, teaching, you know, like saying, okay, this is going to be a norm for at least the rest of the school year. Like, what were your thoughts moving into that? I think um, for me, it was more so, okay, so I've taught seventh grade before, I'll say this, but I haven't taught seventh grade um, with four kids at home. And um, at the time, Mr. Samuel was getting off vacation um, from his own COVID experience. So I was kind of coming into a new environment. Um, he was, you know, sick with COVID. And then we had the we had the kids somewhere between there. So it was transitioning out of high school into teaching uh, preteens. Um, and because you don't see them on the screen, it was just a lot. I wasn't worried about Canvas. And for those of y'all that are listening, Canvas is our... Um, our learning management system. I know um, some people use Google, um, Blackboard, but we use Canvas. That part I had previous experience with. It was more so I wasn't ready for um, the internet. And I think about uh, Ralph Breaks the Internet, um, which is the kids movie, but in there, the internet kind of breaks down and start having all these glitches. And I wasn't prepared for what um, not only our kids, what our kids will be experiencing internet wise, but what we will be experiencing trying to um, provide instruction, a level of quality instruction. And I have four sons trying to do their classes. I'm trying to make sure, you know, my youngest gets in or trying to get my oldest. In. You know, it was just it was that chaotic feeling um, that kind of led into just feeling stretched. Mr. Samuel. Uh, go ahead and share. I know, you know, like you said, you were in one capacity at the beginning of the year, and then you kind of segued into, you know, being a full classroom teacher, you know, not from the co-teaching standpoint, you know, like you were fully responsible for 168,378,000 students. So, like, <laughs> how did you, how did you navigate that? Right. So, one of the things is I started out, um, as a para, 
All right. So I was a parent in the on the eighth grade hall uh, for science and social studies. And in the meantime, I had completed my my bachelor's degree and a math position opened up. And so I applied and got that position in January, like I said before. Um, so coming from a co-teacher or a para role into a full-time teacher role, teaching role in the middle of a pandemic, trying to teach in-person learners and virtual learners at the same time was a bit challenging. All right. So I think that like, uh, like Torn was saying, you know, you feel kind of stretched when you're, when you're trying to manage all those, especially, you know, coming in as a new teacher um, in the middle of all of this. And y'all, I am, I was so sick of social emotional learning. I ain't learned nothing like that in school. I'm sorry, English teacher. I did not learn anything <laughs> of the sorts about social emotional learning. We were on our own social emotional learning. Exactly. Social emotional learn. Right. Right. Lauren, Lauren mastered that though. Go ahead, Lauren. Share your take. Um, I don't, I'm not sure if I'm a master. But uh, I, I strive to do well. You got social emotional. Nah, you got that. <laughs> social emotional. All right. Um, but uh, um, as I stated before, last year uh, was my first year teaching, and um, coming into my first year teaching, I have no educational background whatsoever. I'm a content person. All right. My degree was in biology. I never thought I would step foot inside of a classroom with children. Right? It was never in my plan, but, you know, God laughs at those of us who have plans. So look look mm-hmm. at where I am now. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I thought I was, you know, hitting my groove first year. I finally, you know, January, Lauren, you can do this. This is not that bad. You know, it's not that bad. You can do it. And then, you know, I'm riding down I-75 and I'm cruising and just, bam, a boulder hits me, you know, with COVID. And... I'm like, what am I going to do? I don't, I don't know what to do. Like I'm just stuck <laughs> and I don't know all of these strategies and this and that. Listen, I just teach. I don't know about these charts and data and acronyms. So I had to learn all of that from, from scratch, but I was blessed to have teammates, you know, who are up there in the educational realm. They are up there, you know, and, and, you know, I was blessed to have them and their vocabulary geniuses, okay? And so um, I, I was blessed um, as far as that goes, but I think now that we've tackled COVID, I think we can tackle anything. Right, and I think that most teachers have built that um, that resilience now, you know, that now that we've, you know, we've taught in the middle of a pandemic, um, we've taught when servers were failing and, you know, children didn't have internet and, you know, like we learned how to record lessons and, you know, we learn how to do synchronous and asynchronous learning. Like, what can we not do? Everybody got a cape now. Even if you didn't get one before, you have one now. And so I think that, you know, again, teachers have built that resilience because of what we've um, what we've what we've endured. And so through all of that, through all of our different experiences, I know for a fact um, that, <clears throat> excuse me, this school year um, has definitely changed my philosophy of education. You know, um, graduating college, 
you know, um, I just knew that this is the way that I was going to think and perceive education to be for the remainder of my professional career. Um, but this year has changed the way that I see education. It has changed the way that I see student achievement, um, because quite frankly, some of our students, um, they did not do the daily work, um, but they mastered the assessment. And so, you know, we had to revisit how we gauge or determine whether a student is achieving. Um, sometimes they just did not come to the live sessions. I know we've had several students who did not come to live sessions, but passed our classes and passed our assessments and, you know, kind of did well with self, self-directed learning. And so in all of that, again, it's changed my perspective. It's changed how I look at education. It's changed my instructional strategies. You know, it's just changed my my entire um, my entire take on education. And so my question to you all would be, how has this year changed your philosophy of teaching or your philosophy of education? You know, I was one um, wherein Miss Samuel, you know, like I'm the teacher, like this is what you're going to do, you know, and this is the way that it's going to be. Um, but what I quickly learned is that in a virtual environment, you don't have control over what they do and what they don't do. So what if they don't do that assignment? You can't give everybody zeros for, you follow what I'm saying? So, you know, I've had to change my approach. I've had to change my strategy. And uh, I've definitely had to sharpen my skills. So what say ye? Okay, so I think that for me, what um, what will probably change is most likely just looking at the bigger picture, looking at what's going on at home, looking at because there were kids that we had to find, that we had to figure out, okay, wow, this kid has not been here in several days. So I think that um, I have a more of a firsthand picture of a lot of the things that factor into a child going to school or a child's um, educational journey. Because for the truth of the matter is, there were days that, you know, life outside of school was more important than school for me and having that understanding. So I think that um, teaching in the middle of a pandemic kind of changed my my belief system, so to speak, because I had to acquire a new lens. A lot of times we talk about looking at things through a new lens and we talk about culturally responsive teaching. We talk about all these big ideas, but um, it's the same with growing up. Until you live that life, you can only look at it from the outside in, but being in the trenches, you know, and experiencing it kind of changed and gave me, I guess, gave me more compassion um, and made me go back to the drawing board to want to be a better teacher and also to see, no, that's not necessary. Take that out, take that out, take that out. Right. So basically balancing your approach. I hear you. Okay. Mr. Samuel, go ahead. I'm sorry. No, that's fine. So I think for me, um, I never really thought about, you know, prior to me actually being in the classroom, you know, um, an education philosophy, right? Um, simply because I wasn't trained in education, you know. Um, but I do know that moving forward, I've learned that I have to focus on the actual student. A lot of times we think about the standards, making sure the student masters the standard, um, can ace the standardized testing, um, CCRPI, all these 
other things that we we focus on. However, uh, my lens was very narrow um, because my only interaction with school was based on my own kids, right? And so what ends up happening is I come into the classroom thinking that every student is going to, in a way, perform the way I saw my kids perform, Mm -hmm. right? But my kids don't struggle with being hungry, right? My kids don't struggle, and I'm talking about my sons, you know, they don't struggle with whether or not they're going to have or whether or not they don't have. They can go to school and be there and learn and not, you know, and not worry about how life is going to be when they get home, right? We're not even keeping their siblings. Like, they don't struggle with having to keep their siblings or make sure their siblings are on their live session as opposed to them being on their own live session. Right. But then I get in the classroom and with the kids that we serve, you know, I realize that there are some of those who come to school hungry, you know, and so understanding, you know, uh, congruent angles or understanding supplementary angles to that child is not important right now, you know, because that child is hungry. You know, or that child has, has has come to school with the weight of the world on their shoulders. You know, so I think that's opened me up to being more uh, compassionate, more receptive and more attentive to the uh, to the student and their need. Wow. That's great, Mr. Samuel. Ms. Parker. Well, I guess I'll start off with um, one of my favorite quotes, and I think this was a philosophy for me this year. Um, is a quote by John Dewey. Education is not preparation for life. Education is life itself. Um, okay, she pulled up a quote. I mean, you <laughs> got fancy. I, mean, I, think, I think I actually lived by that here, and I had to take it in and soak it in because you have. I had to understand that education and teaching is learning is more than a standard. Mm-hmm. They're not going to, let's just be honest and be realistic. That standard that you teach them, it may last that year, but how far is it actually going to go when these children have real life problems? Right. How far is it actually going to go? Sometimes it's okay. I had to learn that it's okay to drop that standard for the day or drop that task and listen to them and let's, let's learn a life lesson or let's talk about where life is taking you. How can I help? You know, I've never had an experience of where a child is trying to learn from me while trying to cook breakfast for five or six other siblings. You know, I think we got to know a lot this year about a student's personal life and their home life by way of COVID. And I tell you, it it has changed my philosophy completely. And I've learned that it's okay to drop that standard for today or to drop that educational task. And let's talk about life. Right. I agree, Lauren. And I think, and and you all tell me what you think about this, but as you were speaking, I thought about, you know, as teachers, like we really have to um, set a difference between mastery and achievement. And I think sometimes, you know, like we get so caught up in mastery, like, oh, I got to teach this standard. Oh, they need to learn this concept. Oh, they need to do this. They need to do that. That we kind of, we kind of neglect achievement as a concept 
within itself. Does that make sense? Like we got to remember that they are so much more than, you know, an A or 92, a 68, a 32, a 16, whatever the temperature is in Alaska. You know, there's so much greater than that. You know what I mean? Like there's so much more to a student than what they score on an assessment or how they master a standard. So just speak to that. And like I said, that just came to me as Lauren was talking. You know, um, we really have to focus on achievement and not just mastery. I actually thought about, um, and so one of the things about Lauren, Lauren is phenomenal at absorbing things. But when we first started out, I am really big on um, interdisciplinary teaching And so one of the ways I feel like we survived as a team at moments was to try to figure out like, okay, they are not trying to learn today. What can we combine in order to to get something? So I think that one of the things that um, as a team or um, even coming out of a pandemic and going into one is encouraging teachers to find um, opportunities to blend other subject areas because Lauren's right. Like they're not going to remember isolated pieces of information because it's just, it's just not there. They have other priorities, you know, that they have to take care of. You know, one of the things that um, I kind of hold to was in my interview with the administration, you know, the principal asked me, how do we know that we're successful? That we've been successful at the end of the year. When you look back, how can you say, Mr. Samuel, you were successful? And, and so I, I thought about it and I was like, well, you know, in the military, we learn numbers and colors, right? So you keep your numbers high and your colors green, okay? <laughs> so, so when you pull up a chart, when we look at data, we need high numbers, right? High numbers equals great success. Green means you, you're meeting the standard. And he said, no. He said, it's about relationship. Can you look back? and say that you have built relationship with your students. Uh, And I think that as long as we form those relationships, then our students become receptive to us, all right? And they want to hear, they want to learn, um, because they know that Mr. Samuel looks out for me. Mr. Samuel is not going to steer me wrong, Mm -hmm. you know? And so I think that's one of the things that we all have done. You know, me being on a different team, um, you know, and my team was was great at doing it as well. But, um, you know, and I and I see, you know, the the work that you all have done. And I think that throughout this year, we were good at building relationships with our students. And which is which is ultimately one of the most important things, you know. Um, and so thank you for sharing that, Mr. Samuel. And it, it should um, really, really motivate teachers um, and that's really, you know, this podcast today, this episode in, in particular, um, is for everyone. I think that if you have a a, a school-aged child um, or you know someone who's in, like, this conversation is definitely applicable to you as well. Um, and, and you can take the things that we're sharing and actually see them uh, in action. And so building relationships is definitely key. Um just let me ask this, and then we have one more question, and, and we'll wrap it up here. Um, so understanding all that took place this year, what would be your encouragement to students and parents after a year like 2020, 2021? What would be your encouragement to parents and students or students, either one, however you desire to answer? 
So, you know, I'm like a rebel to a question. I was thinking more of advice. I'm trying to think of encouragement, um, but um, my advice kind of ties into my encouragement and that will be to, um, to seek wise counsel. Um, a lot of times we are afraid to get counseling for ourselves or we put it off. Um, counseling for our students don't rely on the education system um, for that particular side and be encouraged in the small things. Although this year was chaotic, your child may not have the numerical score or may not have the green or the high number. Um, you made it. We're at the end. Exactly. Sometimes we forget to celebrate the small victories. Um, Whether your kid is IEP, 504, SST, BAD, um, you name it, whatever category um, someone has tried to place in your child, on your child, you remember um, one, your child is a gift, you know, and it's your, he or she is your gift. And um, you call those things out to be as though they are. So you encourage your child, you talk to your child and be encouraged as parents because we feel you. We right here with you. Awesome. Awesome. Miss Parker, and then we'll come back to Mr. Samuel. Um, I guess the, the advice or to students and parents that I would, I would give um, is to for parents and students to know that success is not final, failure is not fatal. It is the courage to continue that counts. Remains oh, must be Doctor Phil today. I mean, <laughs> I, look, where's the snaps? Do we? Where, <laughs> how do we respond? <laughs> Remain steadfast. Keep your eyes on the prize, and you'll get there. Yeah. Um, And so for me, it's two things. One is something that I was taught a long time is that nothing fails but a try. Right. So, you know, you try and there is something that comes out of struggle. Right. And productive struggle. That's the other thing. So, you know, my encouragement is it might be challenging and it might be difficult and it's okay to put it down and come back to it later. Right. And it's okay to struggle through a problem so long as at the end of it, we've learned something. That's good. That's good. So basically what I'm hearing is that perseverance that just keep going, you know, in spite of whatever, you know, circumstances or whatever your um, barrier or obstacle may be. Definitely jump a hurdle and keep it moving. Right. And so. Um, that's our encouragement. I think my encouragement would be um, right along the lines of that. Just keep going. Um, you know, this year came and went. Um, it was definitely, like I said, unconventional, something that we'd never faced before, but we made it. And so that's what counts. Um, this is a victory in our books, you know, so we just have to have to keep moving forward, um, keep persevering. And I would also encourage parents to remain active uh, in your student scholars' education. Um, you cannot rely on the teachers solely to do uh, everything. This is a partnership. And I think that's one thing that we articulated very well, um, you know, throughout this year, that this is a partnership. We want to come alongside and support you um, in educating your scholar because it really does start at home. And so, you know, that's why we're here um, that's what we do. We partner with you all. So um, just keep that in mind as you move into next year. You know, definitely persevere. 
Definitely keep going. Don't allow your yourself to be measured or your, you or your child uh, scholar to be measured by a number or a color like Miss Samuel said. Keep going like Mr. Samuel said. Uh, but most of all, make sure that you're involved and engaged. So as we conclude, this is my last one. And we're going to try to, you know, um, do this very calmly because we tend to get a little excited. Uh, so uh, this year, again, crazy year, but we also had some crazy moments, right, Miss Samuel, Mr. Samuel, Miss Parker. So um, what was one of your craziest or funniest moments uh, this year with our team? Who wants to go first? Crickets. Crickets. <laughs> <laughs> We had several crazy moments. I think that um, my craziest moment was when I had to to remind myself that I need to get my paycheck. Um, and that craziest moment was when I got cussed out in a hallway by a kid. Like I, like we two grown women. Yeah, that, that that would be my craziest moment, right? <laughs> Traumatic experience. Yes, my traumatic moment. We will call it that. <laughs> so in that moment, Mrs. Abby, I remember that. <laughs> I remember that and I had to I heard I heard it down the hall. Look, the hall. You remember? Oh my goodness. Um and I kind of eased in there like Casper. Maybe. When I turned around, you were gone. So maybe that was a good thing. <laughs> maybe that was a good thing. What about you, Mr. Samuel? Uh, so I really, I really didn't have crazy moments. Um, I don't know. Or funniest moment, which, whichever one. I really don't remember. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. I'm going to let you know one thing about me is that, uh, I drop stuff quick. All right. So what was our last day of school? The 28th? No, the 21st was the last day we had students. On the twenty second, about six months has already gone. No more. Bye. <laughs> Move on. You're an eighth grader now, <laughs> right? I got you. All right, Lauren. What about you? Oh man, there are so many to count. Um, I think the funniest. It may not be the funniest, but it was the most shocking moment for me. Is when I first met Miss Samuel. What? Yes. I when agree. I first met Mr. I was, listen, I was so scared for the year. I was like, listen, I'm not going to make it. This lady is a walking dictionary, pedagogy master. I'm not going to make it. I, I was just pacing around my room like I'm not going to make it. Mm-hmm. And I told Peterson, I was like, can you help me pack my stuff? <laughs> because I'm, I'm not going to make it. She was extremely nervous, and I don't know why. I think, and we'll, I'll have to tell you about this offline, but uh, we'll have to tell you the whole backdrop behind that. Uh, yes. Go ahead, Lauren. But, um, no, um, like I said, this, this year has been one of the craziest, funniest years I probably will ever have, and I'm truly going to miss it. I really am. I'm blessed to have the team I had, and I'm sad that it has to go away. Yeah, we are all separated. Yes. I think we all are. I will share my craziest or um, funniest moment uh, was I think we were all in class, you know, and of course, I want to say it was a Friday 
And um, earlier that week, you know, I, of course, I was on one of my rants, like, we ain't going outside, you know. <laughs> we ain't going outside till we learn how to act. And I will never forget, I was in the middle of a lesson. And for some reason, um, every time that I go in Miss Samuel's room, like, I don't know what it is about the Wi-Fi, but it just does not like my computer. So it started, like, acting up, Mr. Samuel, and, like, nothing was working right. And I was like, I am not going outside. We are not going outside. The kids were getting antsy, you know, like, and what I had for them really wasn't anything deep, you know, like, wasn't anything that they just had to do inside. Um, but, you know, I, I struggled with that for about a good 10 minutes. And I was like, you know what? We're going outside. Like, we are going outside. And so the kids were like, we're going outside? And sure enough, like, I remember that. And I think everybody needed that break because as soon as I, like, typed in our group chat, we're going outside at 2.45. I mean, y'all came out of there on wheels. Like, we... <laughs> <laughs> we are definitely going outside. And so I think just as much as the children needed that break and that opportunity to just breathe and be, uh, we needed that as well. And so, again, this year was, it was something, but we made it. And so we're so glad um, to have that testimony. And uh, I just, you know, I'm reminded, and you all know I do this in every episode uh, I try and close with a, a thought-provoking scripture. And this one is found in the book of Romans, chapter 8, verse 28. And it says, And we know that all things work together for the good of those that love the Lord and for those who are called according to his purpose. And so even the bad, even the things that we find most uncomfortable, even the things that we don't understand, uh, we must know that God's will is perfect and that it is working for us. So my encouragement to you is for you to learn how to employ uncomfortable situations. Learn how to employ things that may not be going your way and trust that God can cause them to work for your good. Again, Ms. Samuel, Ms. Parker, Mr. Samuel, thank you so much for joining us today. Uh, I hope that you enjoyed our time together. And uh, we look forward to doing it again in the future. Uh, is there anything that you'd like to say as we close? Um, and then we'll move on. Thank you for inviting us. And uh, I hope someone got something out of it. We out. <laughs> thank you. All right. So thank you all again for listening. And we will catch you next time on Think on These Things. This podcast was brought to you by the Parent Ministry of Elder Darius Peterson. Please like us on Facebook at Darius Peterson Ministries to stay current with Elder Peterson. And share the podcast on your social media platforms. God bless you and thank you for your support.